Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I'm Ryan Makarski. Uh, Ryan, how you doing, my brother? I'm great, Danny. How are you? I am doing excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, just always glad every week to join you and all those in the Wave family as they get together uh, wherever they at right now in their cars, in their house and get together with us with the word. Uh, Ryan, the word is so alive right now. I mean, it's just alive right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I can. It, you can just you can feel it in the air, my friends. You, you it, completely can. Uh, we want to thank you guys for taking um, your time out every week with uh, Ryan and I as we go through Revelation, as we're learning, as we're growing, as we're getting closer to Jesus, closer to the Father and closer to the Holy Spirit. Our one encouragement every week that we're going to give you is Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To, to do everything you can to just get in the presence of God. Uh, Ryan, you and I were just talking about in our prayer that we just prayed before we got on, is that in his presence, there's fullness, right? In his presence. So the book of Psalms tells that in his presence. And so just going after him with 100%, with all your heart, even in the days that you get tired, get weary, all of us have those days that we get up and we're like, oh, I don't feel it today. Even when you don't feel it, that you go before the throne room and you just say, God, I just want you. Even if I don't feel it, I know I want you. I know I need you. I want to know you more than anything else. And that's the heart cry of the wave. That's the heart cry, Ryan, of you and I. It's just to get all of us to a place of growth where we can just constantly just be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely, Danny. And, and the truth is, you know, sometimes when we're, when it's that really rough day, we're just praying Lord show up when we actually have to recognize that he's already there. Come on. Um, I'm, I mean, in Matthew six, six, when it says go into your, go into your room and shut the door. Uh, if we continue to read that verse, it says that he is waiting for you, which means he's there. It's he's not that there. Lord, Lord, I need you to show up. Like I, I need you. It's like, well, one Holy spirit's within you. So he's always there. And number two, the Lord's, the Lord is present. That that's it. Like when we're asking for, like Lord, I want, I want the your presence. We want a daily touch. We want the experience. But the truth is, like He's never not there. So that's what we have to dive into, especially on those days when it's not easy. And that's when His word is so important, right? Because His word then will solidify. I'm always with you. Yep. Lo, I am with you, right? That, that was the oh, prayer. Yeah. Lo, I am with you, right? And Until so, the end of the age. To the end of the age. So when he, when, the, when he says that, I have to believe he's already here, right? And yep. so what we do with the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It builds up our faith to believe him at his word, right? Believe yeah. him at his word. And that's why we need the union of the Holy Spirit breathing into the word of God. And we need the word of God. When you're tired, get into that word because that word then through the Holy Spirit breathes life in you. And then you believe, oh yeah, he's already with me. He's already here. He's, yeah, he's already I, working. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard this said, um, and this was really powerful. And this helped me years ago. Uh, Bill Johnson talked about that there are days, but I mean, he's, 
he's well known in the Christian community for leading a Bethel church. And he said, there are days when I wake up and I just don't, I don't have it. And he goes, here's the secret. And this secret helped me. And I think it could help a lot of people is he goes, I open the scripture. He goes, and I just read until God speaks. He goes, that could be five minutes. That could be an hour and a half. He goes, but I need that voice. And we, we all know, Danny, that the Bible is the only book where the author is present. When you crack it open, his word comes out. So you just, I mean, for, for me, I, I'm sure it's for you. Sometimes you read one verse and it's like, you just get hit and you're just stuck. And that's it. Yeah. That'll, that could start your prayer time immediately. It's like, it, it just, you know, oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have something to say about. No, no, you're absolutely right. Because he's he's unfolding his nature. Like when we read the Bible, it's not what I can get out of it is what can I learn from him? And when I learn Mm -hmm. from him and about his nature that I'm walking now, last time we left you guys off, like literally dangling in the end there, I mentioned (laughs) the word uh, Maranatha. uh, And I I wanted you guys to uh, hopefully you guys found where it was at. And I want to start. Uh, today's study with that word Maranatha, which is found in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Um, it's great to hear from a lot of you uh, when you guys would text me or call me and say, Jesus is coming. <laughs> and I love that <laughs> because that's what we talked about last week. Um, but that word Maranatha is found in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, which is the same word, you know, um, as he's coming. And this is a greeting that they greeted each other with. Uh, either either before conversation or the end. And remember, we talked about how how Jews still to this day greet each other with that greeting a lot of times. But this is this is converted people here, Christians now also using this Greek word. Um, and so, First Corinthians sixteen twenty two says, "If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be." Now it it breaks it up. If you're not reading the King James Version. And, and so, which I want to read both. Uh, Ryan, do you have, do you, you don't have the King James version there, right? I have the, I have the new King James. All right. So even in the new King James, it gives you different words. So what, what does it say there in your new King James? Um, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Oh Lord, come. So, oh Lord, come there. It doesn't say that in the King James version. It says Maranatha. Ooh, that's the word. And it's the only place it's found in scripture. So, and, and it doesn't even say be a curse. It says anathema, maranatha. And it gives wow. you these Greek words, one meaning a, a, a curse and the other one meaning come Lord. And so you will hear a lot of people, you ever hear that greeting now, maranatha, that's all you're saying is come Lord, come Lord Jesus. Literally, that's what it means. The Greek meaning of it is our Lord cometh or will come. Right. He's 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 intimate in coming. He will come. And so we just wanted to touch that. So uh, next time when you see me or you see somebody, just say Maranatha. You know, when you, <laughs> when you greet people, when you when you're praying, even in your prayer, Maranatha. Well, I grew I grew up, you know, singing songs about Maranatha. You know, I'm, I, I grew up in, 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 in the church where they that we say Maranatha a lot. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't know what the heck they were saying. But now <laughs> as I grew up older, I understand Come Lord, come Lord Jesus. So I wanted to throw that into Maranatha. And then let's go, let's go right to Revelations chapter one. And again, I hope you enjoyed this as much as Ryan and I are. We just love just touching on and growing together with you because that's what we're doing. Um, now, 
you know, just so, just so you know, this is the disclaimer, you know, Ryan and I are not, you know, theologians, we just passion for this word and we just want to grow. And so are we going to get everything right? Absolutely not. But I think um, I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks through his word and he gives us the essence. And that's what we want to do. We want to capture the essence of Revelations 1, 2 and 3. And then, uh, Ryan, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here because <laughs> I, I got some calls this week about really yeah. ta tackling Revelations uh, about the mark of the beast. And okay. so after we're done with Revelations 1, 2 and 3, I did not want to do this. And you know me already. I've been trying to stay away from this. But we'll, yep. we'll have to jump into Revelations 11, 12, and 13 just to okay. answer some questions. That recording might be two hours long. And that's OK, because <laughs> I think what we want to do is give the best biblical discourse on this end times and the mark of the beast and all this stuff that people have the questions. And hopefully when we get through that session, People have will have a better biblical contextual understanding, right, of, of Revelations 13, which is where we find that statement at. But Revelations 11, 12, 13, and we'll go all over the place and we'll have fun just doing that. But right now oh, we're at Revelations 1, 9. So, yeah, let's, well, I'm, I'm excited, Danny. It's, it's something I have dove into a lot. So, so yeah. you know, I know you and I have hundreds and hundreds of hours. I don't, I don't even want to know how many hours I have. No. Just in that topic, I know hundreds of hours in that topic, and I'm, I'm so excited to get it. But let's look at Revelations 1-9. Right. It starts out that I'm going to read the whole verse 9, and then I'm just going to just want to get your touch on it. And I'm I, just yep. the little things of it just jump out at me. Revelations 1-9 says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. That's a mouthful right there. Just yeah. I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation. So the partners in tribulation and the kingdom and the patience endurance that are found in where? In Jesus was on an island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Now, Ryan, it is interesting <laughs> that John starts this thing, this discourse with him talking about that he's a brother. That is an yes. interesting, what, did, you, did you see that when you were studying that, Ryan, that that was an interesting point that he would title himself brother because this is not like him. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it, it made me pause for sure to really take in that he's addressing himself as, as my brother, um, that, that, we, you know, when, when you call me my brother, it's, it's very, it's family. We're not biological family, but we are family. And this is very much a family oriented word. And that's what jumped out to me. He, he's basically addressing me. He's addressing you. He's addressing anyone that reads this saying, brother, like we, we are in this. We're family. That was huge. And, and there's so much humility in that because remember, John is the only disciple that wrote this book that basically was about him, his relationship with Jesus. And he would yep. almost dismiss everybody's relationship. Like he's like literally writing, oh, to the one who Jesus loved. And, <laughs> and he's writing about himself, right? So yeah. he, he's like, he takes these other, like if you read the book of John, you're like, who's writing this? Like, 
who yeah. talks about himself like that. So John is like letting everyone know, hey, you guys, you guys are cool with Jesus. But like, I'm like, it's the only time we see that he said he put his, the one who laid his head on his chest, like he's talking about himself most yep. of the time in, in the book of John. And so, and then he, he, he's also an apostle. So in many of his writings and many of the disciples writings and Peter does this, Paul does this, you know, Peter will say in first Peter, uh, I Peter the apostle, I Paul the apostle, right? John the apostle, right? He, all those titles he could have used but the humility. Um, and I believe we're gonna get to why he's such in a, a humble place because the, I, I believe the, the island of Patmos will get anyone humble, right? And so, oh. you know, so I yeah. think the humility that he's walking into this thing is, is so incredible to me. So when I was reading it, I, and, and, I, and I, it, it paused me because I'm like, hold on, John, you, you said a lot of stuff about yourself, but it's, not, it's like you, you not even want to focus on yourself at this moment. You don't even want to focus on your status. You're still a, an apostle. You still wanted the, the disciple. You still wanted the original. But you, you, like you said, Ryan, he's, he's introducing himself like, no, I'm in this with all of y'all. Like mm -hmm. y'all, we in this together. I, I now understand that in this life, when Jesus was telling us in this life, we will have troubles. I understand it to the fullest extent, right? Because he says, I'm your brother. And then he, he tapers that with the partner in the tribulation. He's like, I partner with you in tribulation. I know how to suffer. I know John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace that in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Like he, he walked with Jesus while Jesus is saying this, but again, you know how it is, Ryan. Sometimes someone can tell you about something, but until you experience, you don't know the full grasp of what you, you what it is. And he is now experiencing the full grasp of tribulation at his highest this is the highest point of tribulation with John. Now we know that John was boiled in oil. John was thrown off a steeple. Like they tried to kill John. He was the only disciple that didn't die a martyr's death, right? So that's important to know that he was the only disciple out of the 11, right? Because, you know, Judas hung himself. But the, at the 11, the 11, out of the 11, he's all, the only one that didn't die a martyr's death. And so, what do you think about that? I mean, it's just so, so amazing to see him like normal like us. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, when it's funny because whenever we see the word tribulation, I feel like in the scripture, we immediately go to the very end of the story and we're waiting for the tribulation, quote unquote, period of time, right? Where John's speaking of, if he's saying he's a companion in the tribulation, he's be basically being very evident about what he's going through personally. And I think instead of us jumping ahead to, are we going to live during the tribulation period? Are we in the tribulation period? John speaking almost, John speaking almost specific to um, his situation. And I think all of us, if we go through something difficult, it's like, we're experiencing a tribulation in our life. And John's just recognizing that, hey, I'm your brother in that. I suffered. You're going to suffer. My brothers, my brother Peter, he suffered. Like 
I think it's it's so um, humanistic. It makes yeah. him very human as opposed yeah. to this this unbelievable saint that's like way above us. You know what I mean? So so yeah. Yeah, like he lives like he lives in another stratosphere because he walked with Jesus, and we look at all these disciples, but they had normal lives and they went through stuff. But I believe that in in this in this is this humanity, like you're saying, this a humanity with his humility with it, what he's given us is a, a glimpse of there is peace still in this because I'm able to talk to you, right? So I'm yep. suffering, I'm presently suffering, but I'm finding my peace in Yeshua. Now, he also says I'm a partner in the kingdom, Ooh. right? I'm a partner in the, not only partner. So he, he focuses on the fact that I'm going through something, but I understand this is kingdom reasons right the reason i'm going through this is for a kingdom purpose right because a lot of times i think when we go through things we we want to blame we want to complain we want to just get mad at why am i going through this and mm -hmm. we don't know the kingdom purpose of why we're going through we don't know if it's and in this point we can see the kingdom purpose he's sharing with you and i some very heavy stuff about who jesus is right and so he has to go through this I, I want to jump in so so far into the app because because you got to understand the, the the Patmos in order to understand what we're talking about, right? So we're gonna get there, but I'm trying to walk yeah. us through to get to the Patmos because when you understand what the island of Patmos was and what yep. that island was created for, then you understand this is the worst time in John's life. So yeah. you think about it, like he had some bad issues, like being boiled, trying to be boiled alive in oil is bad. But this is even worse, right? He has been ostracized into an island to die. And in the worst time of his life, he gets the greatest revelation that, that any human, I believe this letters of the, of the book of Revelation of Jesus revealing himself to his closest friend is some of the greatest writings in, the, in, in scripture, of, of the history of, of writing scripture. So he's getting in the worst of times, he's getting the best of God. And he's, I mean, he's, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, we, we always, we, we, we never think about it like that, that in the worst time of his life, we actually get the nearness of God more, more than, than anything. We, we want, I mean, as humans, I think we want to be comfortable, but we also want these, these great things of God when it's not the example of the scripture P people people sh like their struggles and then there's this immense like god moment with those individuals and i don't think we ever we ever think about it that way we always look at like oh man this god experience which we you absolutely can have a god experience without like in in great situations but a lot of times a lot of the examples you see you know are these these guys or these women in difficult situations and then they have this unbelievable encounter with the lord and, and you brought up an, an interesting point with john when when anyone talks about suffering in the scripture everyone goes to job like job's life was like it was bad what he went through but if they did studies into john if they did studies into john john being boiled like if you didn't read the the dead sea scrolls you wouldn't have a clue about that peter got crucified upside down 
yeah. because he didn't he didn't feel worthy of being crucified like right side up like if you read about the life of jesus's followers the 11 they suffered so much but we don't you know we don't think about it that way we we look at like oh job it was so rough but i mean these guys who profess christ everywhere suffered a lot we just don't want to think about it that way think about this thomas got ripped in four places literally he got horses tied to every one of his yep. limbs and got ripped right so you think about these disciples that went through hardship and i think a lot of times with us we don't embrace these times because we don't understand what god is trying to do is show us who we are really a lot of times he's trying to show and the only way he can do it is by literally allowing us and so when we go through things the number one thing is not to blame it's not to complain it's like god what are you wanting me to learn about me in this situation right mm -hmm. and yeah. a lot of times for me it's like God is teaching me trust. He's teaching me obedience, right? He's teaching me all these things that I would not learn unless I would have go through this filter, right? And then mm -hmm. he's also letting me see the kingdom. That there's a king that reigns, right? And so here, when he says, and, and he, he, he part, he's a partner in the kingdom, he, I, I believe he, he can see, because remember, John was the one that, in John 3, 3, he wrote that uh, when Nicodemus, that conversation, he says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so John is going, he's like, I'm going through these rebirth experiences with God, right? And, yeah. and so that is that, so I can see the kingdom clearer, right? And so when you're going through things, they are like the rebirthing times of our lives where God is killing the flesh so that we can see greater in the spirit so that we can see the kingdom and the kingdom agenda greater than what we see like our agenda, right? Because our agenda, especially in an Americanized culture, is <laughs> blessings, houses. And so we yep. don't see the fullness yes. of the kingdom reign of Jesus. And that really part of John telling, talking to us this. He's like, listen, I'm partaking in the suffering. I'm partaking, I'm seeing the kingdom better. And the, the patience, the, the patient, look at what he said, the patient endurance that are in Jesus, meaning I find everything in Jesus. I find my hope, my peace in Jesus. I'm patient. Look at what 2 Peter 3.9 says. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. So he says, the patient and endurance. So patience and endurance are in Jesus. They're not about Jesus. Not, no, they are in Jesus. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us the patience of Jesus. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as come to count to slowness, but is patient towards you. <laughs> Jesus is patient towards you, not wishing that anyone should perish. Like he doesn't cancel people like we cancel them as saying, oh, they done. God would know. He says, no, he's patient towards us, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Like it is his heart to be patient with his kids, with his brothers. And, and, and so here, John is telling us there's a level of patience and endurance that you cannot find outside of Jesus. So look at what Hebrews 12, 2 says. So we just read 2 Peter 3, 9. Let's read Hebrews 12, 2. Ah, I love this. And we know this one. Look into Jesus, yep. the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Right, so he knows that the level of endurance that he needs is only found in Jesus because no mm -hmm. one 
went through, even, even him being ostracized on this island, no one has gone through what Jesus, the whipping, the, remember they were there while Jesus is getting whipped. They were there while Jesus is getting his back ripped open. They were there while Jesus is being, walking to this hill with this cross. They were there when he's getting his nail pierced hands, right? So he's like, listen, you wanna know endurance? You wanna know patience? Draw closer to Jesus because he's the one that can give you the fulfillment of endurance and patience that you need in whatever you go through. Absolutely. And one of my favorite patience scriptures, I guess you could say, is in James, James 1, 2 through 4. He talks about how trials develop patience and maturity. Like you were talking about before, some of these trials that we experience in this life they help us develop patience and maturity in the Lord and this trust that, Lord, I, I know I'm going through something right now, but you know what? I, I just went through something two years ago and you brought me through that. And because of that, I trust you. And I know you're going to bring me through this for whatever purpose you have for this situation. Come on, man. That's so, that's so powerful because we need it. Yeah. Right. What, what he's saying is like, again, taking back to that one scripture that uh, that John wrote, wrote about, John wrote about like John 16. He knew like you're going to have issues. There's going to be tribulations. Right. But 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 lean on the peace of Christ. Lean on the patience of it. lean on. And that's that's why I love revelations, because it's revealing the nature and character of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So if 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 I want love, I got to go directly to the source. If I want patience, I got to go directly to the source. If I want peace, I got to go directly to the source. If I want endurance, there's no better endurance than Jesus, right? And so yep. if I get it from him, I love that, that Jesus says, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith, right? Meaning yep. faith outside of him is not faith at all, right? Because he writes it, he starts it, and he finishes it. So faith completely is found in Jesus Christ, right? And so yep. let's go to the Isle of Patmos. He was on the Island of Patmos. Now this word, the Greek word is my killing. So imagine, you already know if you're going to an island, it says, hey, that's where they kill people. So in this island was where they send, it was a rugged and bare island in, in the Aegean Aguian Sea, right? And so it was, yep. it was in the middle of nowhere is where they send, is when they send uh, all the, all the robbers, all the all the other folks that were criminals. And so you talk about John, we know that was is not a criminal, but his crime is just he believes Jesus, right? So his crime yep. is that he walks in miracles, signs, and wonders. Imagine if that can be our crime, right? Imagine if believers in this country all over the world today could say, Yeah, why why am I being punished? Because I, I, I love him so much and I'm showing Jesus so much that people hate Jesus. So because they hate Jesus, they hate me. Right. Yes. So, so think about he's suffering because of his love for Jesus. He's suffering because he literally has this incredible relationship with Jesus and showing it to the world and the world hates it. It's crazy. Yeah, I read I did dive into a little bit of the talk to the us, talk to us, the history of Patmos, man. And it was only it looked like it was only 24 miles wide. Like that's not very that's not very big. It's not a very big island. And. You know, it said that mainly people were, it was a working island. So the odds are that it, it was like a work and labor camp. That's essentially like what, what it was. And um, 
that, and it says here in, in nine, the reason he was there because of his testimony. Think about like, it, the account, like, the account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. That's what he says, exactly right. It's crazy, yeah, because um, it looks like the emperor of Rome, Domitian at that time, he literally like, that's that's where he was sending Christians. Like you believe in Christ, you're going there. Crazy. Think about that. And so he now has to face like, and now I love that he's he's a Jew and understands the, the Tanakh and he understands that there are other writings, right? Like Jeremiah 16 said, to whom can I speak and give him warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them, right? And they mm -hmm. find no pleasure in it, right? So he yep. knows that living the word of God is offensive. He knows that having the testimony of Jesus, right? Second Timothy 3.12 says, indeed, all who desire to live godly life. Listen to what it says. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not maybe. Oh. Not hopefully, not, not, oh, oh, if you live in a certain part of the world, then you're not. No, this is what it says, right? Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, right? So John understands, if I want to live a testimony that glorifies Jesus, what comes with it is this island, right? And what comes with it is the deserted island that no one I know, all these criminals, and I'm deserted to it. No, and, and you, you brought up such a great point. There's so much prosperity preaching, like oh, in the world that it's Jesus. like, that it's like, you know, I had to go there and it's like, go ahead. They, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying like some preach it like, you know what? Give your life to the Lord. You're going to get these immense blessings, which you, you are going to be blessed. And number one, you're going to be with Jesus forever. And I think we forget that as the ultimate blessing. Come on. But, but. That's ultimate blessing, but no one ever wants to read what you just said in second Timothy. You know what? If you walk in this life, like you give your life to Christ and you're a devout follower, you will not, if you will suffer persecution and people are like, wait, like that's part of the deal. Like that's part of this <laughs> situation. That, like, yeah, that, I, that should be in that, the disclaimer. Did that, I sign up that, for that? Is that in the fine print? Like I'm, I'm looking at this, like, yeah, I'm going to get a bigger house, that bigger job. Like, is that fine printed somewhere? Did I miss that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, 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 and this Greek word, I'm glad you went there because I was not going to try to go there, but I'm going to go there now. So the well, Greek word there, persecution is, is deco is the word. And it means to make, to run, or flee, to put to flight, to drive away, to pursue in a hostile manner, right? Mm. To harass, to trouble, to be mistreated. Like this is literally what it is. And so when you hear that word persecuted, it's not just like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's for that's for the ancient days. They they got they got they got nailed to the cross. No, the harassment of others who, who hate the name of Jesus because it, it is offensive, right? Right, it yep. is offensive to the world's way, right? And so for us, our peace and our hope is not in the house, it's not in the cars, it's not in always not uh, living this perfect life and dying at 89, right? Yep. No, it's, it's, it's knowing my peace, patience, everything is found in Jesus. Do you said mm -hmm. it right? Like the union of Jesus is what I get. 
And if I get that, I get the ultimate prize. And so whatever I have to go through to learn to whatever I have to learn so that I can be a witness, then sign me up because all I want in the end is Jesus. I must say that again. All we should want, our aim as believers is Jesus. It's to better know Jesus. It's to better understand Jesus. It's to be one with Jesus because he prayed that for us. Yeah, and you brought up you brought up something powerful and the last thing you said, which is this is a the, like those tribulations, those persecutions, those are those are times of of molding. Those are times of what we could say even pruning. John John 15. Come on. Those are times of like at the end of our life, we should look more like Jesus than we did when we first accepted Jesus. It's a like all of these little intricate scenarios and situations that take place should be like a refining like it talks about and we're gonna we're gonna talk about jesus that like his his feet were were like brass brass is brass has to be refined it 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 has to be so like we're we're in this refining process that i think as humans we don't like like no one likes to like go through something difficult to then be like yeah you know what glad I went through that. So I learned, something. <laughs> no one wants to, but I think that's, that's so the process of, of this walk, which is you go through certain things and the Lord shows you something about you. Maybe that needed to be exposed and needed to be refined to be more like him. And if you can't get it, you're going to still keep going through this. Why do I keep going through the same situations well the lord's maybe saying like i'm letting this happen so that you come to me and you need to this needs to be something that is refined in your life i love that you said that that's so powerful that in the end of your life you should be more like jesus Mm. right and you're i love that statement And, and you're right like i always say jesus the father and the holy spirit are the only ones that will never let you fail a test yeah i you fail test proof in the, in, the, in the sense that if you have to go around the same mountain for 40 years, you're going to go around this thing so that you can know what I'm trying to get out of you. What I, what, what, I'm trying to show you something, but I'm not going to let you fail it. Like you, it's only A's, right? And so he, he's, he's the, you as a teacher, you know, the, he's the yeah. ultimate retaker, right? Oh, we take it again. <laughs> we take it again. We take it. We're going to get yeah. this right. And I'm patient until you get it right. Because yes. in order for us to move on, like we always try to move on. Right, let's move on to the next thing. And, and like you're saying, we have to sometimes take a pause and say, like, Lord, if I'm around this mountain again, clearly I didn't learn. <laughs> so <laughs> please let me learn this time so I don't have to go around this mountain again. Yes. I, and, and, and I don't know about those who listen to us or you, Ryan, but I'm a knucklehead. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the ones, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm one of the ones <laughs> that have to take that test over and over, you know? Because I'm like, I know he's trying to tell me something, but I don't know for sure. That he's like, all right, I'll bring you right back again. And then like, and then, and it, and it, and, it, and for me, it could be ten years later. Like, whoa, I thought I thought you dealt with. No, you thought we dealt with it, but I didn't deal with it fully, and I want to deal with it fullest. And so let's go to yep. verse ten, Revelation yep. one ten. It says, I, I I love this. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now I love that John says, I was in the spirit. John could have been, said, I was tired. And we would have said, yeah, I know why you're tired, brother. <laughs> he could have said, I'm discouraged. And we would have like, dude, I know why you're discouraged. We could have said, I'm down. 
I, I know why you're down, brother. But he chose to say no. I'll, listen, in this time of Pat must living with him, he's like, oh, I can complain. I can argue. I can say, why God? He's, he chooses to stay in the spirit. Oh my goodness. I mean, when I read that, Ryan, I was like, yes, yes, John, <laughs> show us, teach us that stay in the spirit. Romans 8, 9 through 11. Romans 8, 9 through 11. And this, this is, this is, this is, this is poor. Paul teaches about the spirit here because John got a level of understanding about the Holy Spirit and walking and being in tune with the spirit of God that he needed to be there so that he could not be so discouraged. But Romans 8, 9, 11, 9 through 11 says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of the sin, now listen to what he says, your body's dead because of sin, right? We know the sin kills the, the, our, our, our natural nature. The spirit is life because of righteousness. You know, so the spirit of, of, of life because of Jesus's righteousness, not because of your own, but because of Jesus's righteousness, the spirit of God is alive in you, right? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so when you are finding yourself in a deadly situation, you want to have life, you have life through the spirit of God. And that spirit of God dwells inside of you. And he wants to breathe life into He knows that you're a sinful vessel. He knows that you're a fleshly vessel. But Jesus' righteousness gives permission to the Holy Spirit to bring life inside of you now, not tomorrow, not next week. He's living and active inside of you today. Oh man, Danny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that I think all of us need to learn to tap into, uh, on those days when we're dragging on those times when it's really hard because we, we just talked about Patmos and obviously John's every day, it wasn't like, hey, take Sunday off or Saturday <laughs> off. It was like, hey, you're working in the quarry right now. You're like working all day. And for him to, to be able to tap into something deeper that he knows that like the Holy Spirit is the refresher, Come on. right? Because I mean, he, you know, the Holy Spirit's the helper. We, we know that John 16. And if we just understood like he is... The Holy Spirit's the refreshment. Even when our bodies seem to be broken down, exhausted, the spirit is still jumping around. The spirit is moving. The spirit is life. And, and because of that, we need to tap into that more. It's, I mean, being a science, science teacher, our mitochondria is, a, is, a, is the, kind of the powerhouse of the cell. It gives the energy. And this is like, tapping into this energy source in you that can fuel your body and, and change your change the way you're feeling in a matter of moments because the best part is you're not in control of it you get you know you could be exhausted like, holy spirit help you said that in a previous podcast help that's it that's then, all you have to say and then the refreshment will happen and it's like how did that happen 
because the spirit, like I'm, the I'm tired. spirit is life. I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired this morning. Not gonna lie, but like, there's something about like the spirit is present. We're talking. Gave me right at ready to go. The spirit is life. The spirit is life. Not that he's gonna breathe like he is life, and he's in you, right? Galatians five sixteen. We know this through seventeen. Yep. But I say walking by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Right. And so there is this battle. Right. And so John tapped into an understanding. I'm not going to live in the flesh. No, no, no. I can live in the flesh. If I live in the flesh, all I'm going to do is complain, be angry, mm -hmm. be bitter. Right. How dare you? How I serve you this way, God. I gave my life. Like all the things that we do, right? You know what I mean? Because I would have, see, a lot of times when we read these stories, we want to say like, oh, I that's me. I would not, I don't know. Like you put me <laughs> in an island by myself, take me away from my family, everyone I love. I, I'm probably going to be a little angry. I'm going to be honest. Yep. Let's be honest, yep. right? And so I'm probably going to be like a little disheartening, right? It's going to be like, what's up, God? But John is teaching us. No, 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 no. You, you, you want to, you want to, like you said, you want that fuel. You want that, you want that pick me up, live in the spirit. Cause he's yep. life. And, and then your life, your life will just, you see things from a different perspective when you're in the Holy spirit, right? When this, when, when, when God breathes inside of you through his spirit, you, your eyes, you, you don't complain anymore. You're not trying to blame anymore. You see differently and you be able to see from heaven's point of view. Now with him being in the spirit, he heard a loud voice like a trumpet. Now I love this because you will, uh, you would think, man, I've known this voice already. I've been with this voice already. I know what this voice is about, but the word says that he heard a loud voice. Now, like a trumpet. Now we know that Constantly through the scriptures, Jesus is telling us in Matthew eleven fifteen, right? He says, he who has an ears to hear, let him hear what? What the what, what what he's saying, right? Mark 4 9. He and he said to them, He who has an ear, let him hear. I think I love this part because John is writing to us not only that you have to walk in the spirit, but you have to have you have to have ears to hear. Like this is a constantly prayer. If you don't know what to pray. I'm just being honest. If you don't know what to pray, I'm going to, I'm I'm constantly praying this. And I know you heard me pray this before, Ryan. Yep. Lord, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey. Like if that's the only thing I, I can pray, I need ears. Why? What this tells you is two things. I need my ears spiritually to be open. Number one, num number one. Number two, he's speaking. Like yep. I'm, I'm going to say it again. Jesus is presently speaking. The Holy Spirit is presently speaking. The Father is speaking now, right? He's speaking to those who on the earth wants to hear him, right? To those who on the earth have removed the distractions. Heaven is always talking, right? Heaven is always, the key is, are we listening? Yep. No, 100%, Danny. Yeah, he, he doesn't stop talking. We just have to be able to get away and be able to be with him and clear enough, right? To be able to receive. And that means, like you said, we have to push off the distractions, whatever that may be, in order to seek and then to hear. 
That's so powerful. We got, we have to put up the distractions. I want to see, I want to hear. Uh, let's continue Revelations 111. Is he saying this? What would the voice saying? Write what you see in a book. I love that. Um, I love that. I'm going to stop right. Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So he's literally telling them, write what you see in the book to the seven churches. Now, we're going to get into the seven churches a little bit. There's, there's a couple of things that we won't touch on, the lampstands and the seven churches, because I think next week's lesson will go into that. But we've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the seven churches already. We talked about where they're at. I want to focus on that he told them to write what he saw. Now, oh. you, hit on, you, you hit on it last week about journaling. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe we can hit on that again, Ryan, when you started, when, when you started into that writing and putting things on paper, because the yeah. Bible has a lot to talk about writing things down. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's so, so important uh, to write down the things that the Lord does in your life, because you need remembrance of that. Because if you look historically through the scripture, it's very evident, especially in the Old Testament, that people forget. They forget the Red Sea. They may have been a generation that didn't live during the time of the parting of the Red Sea, and they were told by their grandfather about it. Come on, and they're come like, on. oh, that was just a story when their grandfather like ran through the Red Sea and it was up around him. And I think it's so powerful you know, my, my, I won't go into it, but my son's, the testimony of my son coming into this earth, there, God was there. There was a lot involved. It would take an hour plus to explain it, but I wrote it down. I keep, I have a stack of journals that I just, certain ones I put away. The testimony of my son getting to this world is written in a journal that I always keep out because his testimony and Amber shared it before, but his testimony when I'm thinking, Lord, where are you? Because I think that at times you have probably thought that at times. Absolutely right. I, I can, I can, my mind, I can read that testimony and be like, he was, th that, that is too much God for him not to be there. So because of that, I know that he's going to do something about that. It's almost like, it's like David, us having David's journal, having my journals, I look back and say, okay, Lord, like, I know I've been through this before. When was that? I could find it written down. Oh yeah. You delivered me out of that. All right. We're good. That's how journaling has, has helped me. That's, that's so powerful, Ryan. This is a, this is a thing that I've, uh, 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 a time that I wrestled with the Lord a lot of times, because I think it's, I didn't see it through those eyes of what you're saying, but now I do. Like before I used to, like I'm journaling, I think I'm journaling for no reason. Like I'm journaling, Lord, you know? And he's like, well, how about somebody reads it one day? You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I don't want nobody to read this. He said, it may help somebody, right? Oh. Because, because those letters, right? Think about this. Paul, didn't, on that one time when he was writing a letter to Corinth, did he think, I know, he didn't think, I'm writing this and Danny and Ryan are gonna read this and they're gonna get so much out of it. Right, he's literally writing a letter. I think sometimes we think that they were purposely writing books, right? They were purposely going, I'm gonna write this book purposely. Like the only time we really see that is in Revelations because like Jesus is saying like, I need people to hear my who I am, right? The father wants 
to reveal me. And so he say, write this thing down so that to be, but I think all these other letters are letters that were being written specifically to these churches so that they can, so that they can grow. They didn't think that it was going to be then canonized into this book and people go, they just wrote. Now in the old Testament, we knew God was constantly telling them in Exodus 17, four, I'm just going to go through them real quick. Exodus 17, four, he said, write this as a memorial in a book, right? He's telling Moses, write this animal in Isaiah 30, uh, verse eight, he says, go write it before them on a tablet and describe it in a book. Habakkuk 2.2, which is one of my favorite scriptures. And the Lord answered me, he said, write the vision, make it plain in tablets so that he who reads it, who, um, so that he may run who reads it, right? And so God was constantly asking us to write. I think a lot of times in these days, people are writing just to write books. You know, that's been my yep. fight. You know this, Ryan, because I'm, I'm writing a book finally after yeah. 20 years. But it's been my fight, and that's why I'm writing it with somebody else, because I didn't want to write a book just to write a book. I've been fighting myself with that, because I'm like, I'm just going to write to just between me and the Lord. But I think sometimes God purpose some stuff to write down, because someone one day, your kids' kids may read it, right? Your grandchildren's grandchildren's may say, oh, this is grandpa, man, he has such a great time with the Lord. And he, mm. he had, man, he saw miracles, he saw wonders. Um, I, I, the last thing I'm gonna say about this is, is, is Psalm 23. He says, uh, your rod and staff may comfort me. Mm. Yep. Now, literally that has to do with writing. We just don't know that, right? Mm. What is he saying? And in in Moses, when he wrote, he wrote, he would write either in tablets or on his rod. Yeah. so on the rod and staff had the history of God. So what, oh. so what, 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 what he's saying is when you read the history that I have with you, it comforts you. Mm. Oh, Let's say that again. When you hear their history. So some of us have to write down these testimonies. I'm talking to some of you. Write down to some things that God has done in your life. So that, in, like Ryan said, when you get into these times where it's a rough hatch, right? You can go and the history with God comforts you. Like, you know, oh, you healed me when I was 10 years old of a blood disease. Oh, I remember, you know, almost eight and a half years ago, being in the hospital and the, and the doctor telling my wife, oh, he could die any moment because 30, 34 blood clocks, but God rescued me, right? That history comforts you today and says, if you brought me out of that, you'll bring me out of this. I am fine. I trust you 100% because you got my back. And that's the importance of writing things down in a book. That's the important, so that we don't forget, like you said from the beginning, we don't forget what God has done and what he, he's going to do, right? Because a lot of us, I know you have it, we've, we've written prophetic words that were given to mm -hmm. us. Yep. There's a yeah. prophetic word, Ryan, that I got. You have to, well, next time when we're together, uh, yep. you have to have me have you listen to it. It okay. is from 1996. <laughs> and it was in a take, a, a, a cassette tape, and it yep. got transferred into a CD, and I have it digitally. And I, yep. I constantly go back into that what was spoken and a lot of it has come to pass my wife has heard it and, and my, my kids have heard it a lot of it has come to pass but i constantly come back because it's too some a lot of it's come like 80 percent of it has come to pass but it's still that 20 percent. but i still constantly read that back to me is that like almost read it through a voice right back to yeah. me um yeah. and so that's so powerful i want to read the, the last two verses here that yeah. we're going to cover revelations 1 12 and, uh, 12 and 13 i'm going to read them together because again Part of the seven churches in the lampstand we'll cover in next week's uh, teaching. Mm -hmm. Then yep. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. Like, it's interesting just even that alone, because 
uh, there was a difference. There was a there was a trumpet sound to that voice. There was a difference, even though he's heard Jesus before. This is a different like Jesus is speaking to him, and he, there's a different tone that Jesus is using, right? So he mm -hmm. has to turn around to see. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, which we will hit on next week. And in the midst of the lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. Now, I want to, with this, Ryan, mm -hmm. and, and with focusing on the son of man, a lot of folks hear that statement. They don't know what it means. They've heard it before. Other people say it. They've heard Jesus said it, right? So Jesus constantly referred himself. Uh, Matthew 26, 64 says, Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you when he was... Uh, uh, being uh, questioned and before he goes to uh, be crucified. It says, but I tell you from now on, you will see the son of man talking about himself seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Mark 10 45 says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So he's calling himself the son of man. Now, the question is, why is he calling himself the son of man? Why then he, in John, he still refers to himself as the son of man. I believe there's two answers to this, Ryan. I don't want to put you in the spot, so I'm going to run into it. And then once I run through it, I want to hear whether you say yeah or nay to it or whether you go, oh, I got this of it, right? So sure. I believe there's two different. Jesus constantly used the term so that we can see his humanity. So he can mm. identify himself because... And sometimes he would say son of God, right? So it, it, it that identified his deity. Son of man identified his humanity. So he, he it was to, to identify himself with us. So he you know, I'm fully man and fully God. But I think that's just part of the reason that he did this, right? And I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus is the master teacher, right? Jesus is the ultimate teacher. Jesus knows how to give a point in without you understanding that he's getting a point in. And unless you are a Torah, Tanakh, like, so the Torah is the first five books. The Tanakh was the other parts of the Bibles that, 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 that Jewish people would understand, like the book of Daniel, all right, Jeremiah. So these are folks that understood the Tanakh, right? So they had the Tanakh with them. So he is trying to show them, I believe, his deity without telling them his deity. Why do I know? Because this wording is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Now, remember what he said, saying in front of the Sanhedrin and in front of those who he said to them, but I tell you that the son of man is sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the cloud. Like he's letting them know, I am the one that Daniel was prophesying. So I believe not only was he showing his humanity, but he wanted them to know, if you know the Tanakh, you don't have to look any further. I am the one that Daniel's prophesying. And I love that he just uses that phrase in even talking to his audience that are Jewish audience. Because what he, he's, he's wanting them to understand, listen, I know you're Jews. I know you know the word. I know you know Daniel 7. I'm here to fulfill it, whether you want to believe it or not. So let's read Daniel 7, 13 to 14. And then I want to take your, your, get your take on it. Sure. I, I saw in the night vision and behold, with the clouds of heaven, they came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given. 
Think about this. To him was given dominion. Now we know that he tells us in Matthew, after his resurrection, all authority has been given to me. So he's literally describing himself. He walked this out already, right? So he says, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, right? That, that all people and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So I love Jesus because he is the master teacher. And he is, uh, he's not a rabbi, he's a rabboni. So when they say rabboni, is a rabboni is higher than rabbi, is the teacher of teachers, meaning he teaches rabbis. And I love that he would constantly refer himself to the son of man. But again, I think if you look at it from the first glance, if you study this, it would tell you, oh, this is humanity. But I think we have to dig a little bit deeper. It would say, oh, he's just trying to describe his humanity. I believe that too. But I also believe that he was also letting them know, I'm fulfilling prophecy of Daniel 7. I know you know Daniel 7. I know you're looking for someone. I am he. I am the one that people will bow down. I am that all dominion will have it. That's powerful to me. Yeah, Danny, you 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 are right, a hundred percent. When I when I read it and you and you say one like the son of man, you know the the first thing that did stand out truly to me is, you know, being very human, being very relatable. But as you bring up the book of Daniel and Daniel seven, and and you know that who who he's talking to right and we know jesus speaks throughout the entire scripture people that are jewish know the scripture way better than than all in reality than exactly right exactly right and and when when he can be bring up and really relate to their text as you explained it, it 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 brings this full circle picture that it is him like it, it is him. He is who we have been waiting for. He didn't say that in this phrasing, but that can really jump out to people to say, wait, wait, I, I know like this was in the book of Daniel. This was in the text that I've studied since I was a boy. And you start piecing these puzzle pieces together and it unfolds to this is who we've been waiting for. That's what I got from what you said and kind of just. Oh, absolutely. Died. Think about it. the phrase is only found mm-hmm. in Daniel in this. Part. So that phrase. So if you think as a studying Jew that studies <clears throat> the Tanakh, I understand that that phrase son of man is not a normal phrase. It's only found that in that one place prophesying the son of man to come. Right. Prophesying his deity, his kingship. So they understand that that's the only. So when he is referring to himself as the only time you hear that phrase, as the son of man, deductional reasoning tells you, I'm declaring this thing to you without without <laughs> declaring it because, I, because he was constantly telling his disciples, hey, I'm showing you this, but be quiet. <laughs> I'm showing you, right? He will heal somebody. I'm healing you, but be quiet, right? Because he's yeah. coming to man. But he, I believe because he's such a great teacher, and again, you're a teacher, you understand this. Yep. You, you, you try to weave in things inside of them so that even though the whole explanation, there's a thought put in there and now they're discovering this and like, hold on, 
So I'm thinking that as he walks away from, from, the, from his disciples, like, man, he just declared himself the son of man. Hold on a second. That's, 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 not, a, that's not a simple thing. That, we know what the son of man, we've been looking for the, like they are looking for the son of man, right? So they, they, they have an expectation of it. And I love that Jesus, even though he didn't want to come out all the way, he was, he was not shy or bashful about declaring himself who he is, right? He said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it in a smart way and you're going to know who I am. And so I love revelations and I love what we're going because really we showing Jesus is the son of man. Jesus is ruling and reigning. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to read again, Daniel, and we'll end with this. We'll end with Daniel and then uh, whatever you want to say. Let's end with Daniel's words here because yep. it's such a prophetic word. It says, and to him was given dominion. Right? And so no matter what he's going through, understand, Jesus has all authority. Matthew 28 tells us all authority has been given to him. Right? Matthew 28, 18. Look it up whenever you get All authority has been given and glory and a kingdom, right? We know that Jesus is a king because he has a kingdom. I'm going to mm -hmm. say it again. He, he is a king because he has a kingdom that all people and nations and languages, all nations and languages, and, and we just talked about that last week, right? All tribes, all nations, the same wording, all nations, right? Every tongue should serve him. Yep. His dominion is everlasting dominion. Now we know <laughs> from Revelation 21 that it to his dominion, there's no end. It's, it's, it's ever, right? Which shall not pass away in his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. That should get every believer that's listening to us right now. Say amen, amen, amen. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His kingdom will be everlasting. Man, we took a lot longer this time than what I thought, Ryan. <laughs> but the word of God is such alive and so good that I'm hoping that those who, who are studying this with us are are. are trying to finish and if you have to stop halfway stop halfway keep on going but the word of god is so alive and i'm learning so much about jesus and i'm hoping that you are becoming more one with jesus like ever before as we study this out so ryan give us our last words as we as we close this go ahead and close this out yeah so i feel that you touched on something that we're going to even dive more into next week and the week after which is we're slowly starting to get to the unveiling. And that's what revelation means. We are unveiling Jesus. And the hope is that we learn more and more about him every single time we open the scripture, every single time we, we talk about him, that we are, are learning more and more because it, it just keeps getting opened up like a book more and more. We're getting more and more of his character more and more of his value, more and more of how he feels about us. So my encouragement to every, every listener is just continue to press in, continue to want to know him, and he will unveil it to you. Well said. Maranatha, we'll talk to you next week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.